get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Casey McGee, former Brewers infielder, as the Cardinals start a series against the Brewers tomorrow night. He was the 2014 National League Comeback Player of the Year, and it seemed like every time he was playing the Cardinals, he was finding a way to get on base. Casey, we always appreciate the time, my man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Doing very well. So one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on, Casey, is because here in St. Louis, it is the 10-year anniversary of the 2011 World Series. And I know you got to see it from the other side of things during that NLCS. What do you remember about that series between the Cardinals and Brewers back in 2011? Man, that was he had to start. He had to lead with just breaking my heart. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's, that's apparently what we do no, when we get people no, on. No easing into it. No fluff. Nothing. Just Casey, what was staggered. it like to get beat by the Cardinals? The I first mentioned question. that you get on base all the time against the Cards. You know, I tried to butter you up a little bit there. By, by the way, Casey, let me butter you up even more because you might have the best nickname I've ever seen. It's Hits McGee. Like that is the best nickname I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, I'm just glad they didn't go with what they could have, just because I'm kind of I'm not the skinniest dude in the world. And go with the real man. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, that ser- man, that series that, that really was a heartbreaker. We had uh, so going into that year, we had traded for Zach Granke, and we got Sean Markham, and we had Gallardo. So we had, you know, we kind of finally felt like we had the horses to go into a, a postseason series and compete with anybody, and. Uh, and we regular season, I think we we thought we had put St. Louis to bed, and they were you know they were pretty far back chasing the wild card. And when we saw them get in, everybody knew they were hot and knew kind of the the history of them you know making runs in the postseason. And um, and I'll never forget it. They we I knew we were in trouble. I think it was game two, and Larusa goes to the mound in like the fourth inning and brought in Octavio Dotel, who we had we had beat that man to death during the regular season and he came in and struck out the side and went two or three innings and kind of, you know, changed the tide of the series right there. And, you know, we just weren't ever able to recover. We had, uh, we just, we didn't, we didn't pitch real well. We didn't defend real well. And then, um, you know, we, we were kind of a all or nothing type of offense. We could put up 20 or we could put up zero just as easy. So, um, you know, they, they pitched their butt off and they got the hits when they needed to. And, uh, you know, that was always, it was, those were always fun games to play, whether it was postseason or regular season, because, um, you know, we definitely respected them as a, as a team and knew, um, you know, how dangerous they were. And I think that, uh, I think we annoyed them <laughs> more than anything. I think, uh, just, we had a, we had a pretty loose group of guys that, um, looking back on it, I could definitely see how we could get under your skin, but, um, you know, we had a lot of respect for him, but, 
We, we definitely were always ready to play when it was St. Louis. You know, Casey, the first four seasons in your uh, baseball career were all played in the NL Central, so you had a, a hefty taste of the Cardinals nonstop. But if you look at it, you, your success came against the Cardinals. So did you love just being in the <laughs> NL Central and matching up against St. Louis? Well, it's funny because even in the minor leagues coming up, I was drafted by the Cubs, so that was it was bred into me even at that point. Um, I, but I did. I You know, I – I was thinking about it as I was waiting for the call to get on with you guys, how many kind of defining moments in my career um, St. Louis was, was a part of. Um, And it just seemed to, it just seemed to be that they were always kind of around. And I guess part of it too, it makes it extra special for me is my, uh, my adopted hometown of Jackson, Tennessee is definitely Cardinal country. And, you know, all my good friends and, and, and everybody that I know here, you know, they, they live and die with the Cardinals. So, it made it a little extra sweet for me to, you know, get the angry phone calls from my buddies about, you know, having a good game or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was, it, it was. I enjoyed the NL Central. I thought it was, you know, one the travel was pretty easy because there wasn't one too spread out, especially once Houston left. But um, when I think back on my career, a lot of the, a lot of the moments that come that come to mind, it seems like St. Louis is is somewhere involved in it. Casey, what was it like playing at Bush Stadium as an opposing player? Did you enjoy playing here in St. Louis? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, it was it was one of those places that, for whatever reason, I, I think I don't know what my numbers were. I, I had some success there, um, but it was it just it was one of those places when you walked in, it just it kind of felt comfortable to play in. Um, it was. I don't know if it was the sight lines when you were hitting or, you know, I liked the playing surface or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, that was, it, I definitely enjoy playing there. And it helps too, when you know, you're going to show up to the field, even if it's a Wednesday day game and you're going to have 40,000 people there. Um, well, I guess not anymore, but then when everything was better, you know, everything was going normal, you knew you're going to have 40,000 people there and they were going to be into it. And, you know, by and large, they're, you know, really good baseball fans and, um, it was, you know, so yeah, that, that made it, that made it special. Sometimes you could roll into you know, I guess I can say because I play there, you could roll into Pittsburgh on a on a Tuesday and have, you know, fourteen people in the in the lower bowl and hear you know hear the vendors while you're trying to play defense <laughs> and, and that it, it you know it it takes a little bit more um, to get yourself up and going on a on this, such a grind of a season as it is. But when you pack the house and forty thousand people, it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed and get a little extra pep in your step. Casey, I'm curious when you look at the Cardinals roster, when you played for Milwaukee and we spent some time early on our show talking about the, the, how lethal the top of the order is right now for the Cardinals this season. But what was that like as an infielder uh, uh, watching the top of the lineup for those Cardinals in the 2009, 10 and 11 season? Man, it was, well, and that was, that, that was the thing is it was, you kind of felt like if you got through, you know, down through the fifth or sixth hitter in the order, maybe you had an inning to kind of catch your breath uh, before before they came back at you. But then all of a sudden, they, you know, David Free shows up and, <laughs> and, you know, Skip Schumacher and guys like that, that it's like, man, they're just grinding you out, little, you know, punching a base hit here and there. And next thing you know, Albert's back up with guys on second, third, and two outs. And, well, you're going to pitch to him or you're going to put him on and deal with, you know, deal with Holiday or Lance or whoever it was. Um, you know, it just you really didn't ever feel like you had a – you didn't really feel comfortable with any lead and you felt like definitely every time you went up to hit, um, you had to keep putting pressure on them, which, you know, was, was easier said than done, especially when, you know, Carp and Wayno and, um, Jaime Garcia and all those guys are are rolling at you. So, uh, it was, it was, it, it was exhausting is I guess the best way to put it. 
former Brewers infielder Casey McGee joining us here on 101 ESPN. Casey, you mentioned earlier that you got you had the opportunity to play with uh, Zach Grinke that year. I could listen to Zach Grinke stories all day long and never get sick of them. Do you have one that pops into mind when you think back to that year that you spent with Zach? It, it was, well, so like I said, our, our group of guys was very, he was, he was just one of the cast of characters, right? <laughs> so we had Carlos Gomez, you got Niger Morgan, you got, you know, you got Granky, um, you know, Felipe Lopez. I mean, it was just, a, it was a, it was an interesting group of dudes uh, between, and then you got Braun and Prince. And um, so Zach, one of the first days of spring training, I got the pleasure of having my locker right next to him in spring training. And I'm the least tech savvy video game, anything ever. Well, he calls me over in the first conversation we had, he goes into like an hour long spiel on, uh, I don't know, like, War Warcraft, World of Warcraft, or something. I don't know. And he's trying to explain to me all this stuff, and so apparently I did a good job of acting like I knew what the heck he was talking about and stayed with him. So we'd be out like shagging our backfield, and he'd be like quizzing me on this stuff. And finally, I was like, Zach, dude, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're doing. And so he was like, Fine, I just won't talk to you anymore. And he walks off, and that was it. We didn't talk for like three weeks, and our losses right next to each other. And it wasn't even weird. It was like. It was just like, okay, I guess, I guess we're just not talking for a couple of weeks. And um, the next time he talked to me, it's opening day, or not opening day because he was hurt. He fractured his ribs in spring training. Well, the first time he pitches, he comes back, and we're going over stuff, and he comes over to me and goes, hey, guy on second base, he says, if I just, I'll, I'll give you a little look. He said, don't even bother moving if, if they're going to bunt. He said, I got it. And I'm like, seriously? Like, don't move? He said, no, just go to third base. I got it. So, sure enough, second inning, we're in Atlanta. Their pitcher comes up with a guy on second base and nobody out. He looks at me, and I'm like, well, my guy, we're about to find out. Because every pitcher <laughs> thinks they're an athlete, and they think they cover everything. And then they get mad when you're like, well, did you cover that in spring training? Why don't you get it now? He flips like a 72-mile-an-hour curveball up there, and I don't even think his foot hit the ground. He just sprints over to first base, fields a one-hot bunt, throws it to me. I tag him out. He's like, I told you, don't move. I got it. So, it was, he was great for me. I didn't have to worry about playing, you know, worrying about bunts or anything. He had it all covered. Casey, did you ever hear the story about Grinky when he was told about coming up to the big leagues? I've heard different versions of it. I don't know which one's true. So apparently, uh, I've heard this story multiple times. I grew up in Kansas City, so I, I'm pretty sure it's true. But basically, his minor league manager, Mike Jershley, told him, like, hey, yeah. that you're getting the call up, you're going to the bigs, and Grinky told him, like, I don't know. What if we we told them I I want to go down to single A and be a shortstop? I I think that would actually work out better for me than going up to the big leagues now as a starter. So he he wanted to go back down to work his way back up as a shortstop. So your story makes a lot of sense, all things considered. No, I mean he, he's like a phenomenal athlete, and he's almost I mean he's he's almost like a pitching savant. Like you watch him throw a bullpen, and it's it's almost. Like you can, he almost appears to be bored with it because it's just easy. Like I mean, it's what he can do whatever he wants with the ball, and um, you know, be able to repeat it. And he's, I mean, he's brilliant too. Like, don't let him fool you. Some of the stuff he does, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he, I mean, he's absolutely brilliant, and he's got a plan for everything he's doing. And um, he was, he was a blast to be around, and he can swing the bat too. 
Casey, one more on that series that I'm curious about because you mentioned it. Like, that was a fun series. I remember the taunting going back and forth, like it was Niger Morgan and Gomez that you mentioned. And if I'm not mistaken, there there was a there was a a single taunt that both teams kind of did to each other, where I felt like it started on the Brewers' side. And maybe you can help clarify it for me. It was like a monster taunt every time that they would get on base. It felt like the Brewers would do that towards each other, and then the Cardinals started to do it, kind of mocking the Brewers. Yeah, you, you got that pretty well right. I think, I think I don't even know. It's one of our somebody's kid. I know what it was. Prince Fielder's kids. They were probably I don't know ten, maybe at the time, the oldest one, maybe even not, maybe nine, ten, something like that. And that movie Monsters Inc. was coming out, and one of the characters, I guess, would go into beast mode. And so they were. He was talking to I think it was Niger about this movie, and so Niger kind of was the one that started it, and uh, and then it just caught you know caught on from there, but. You know, it even went back before that was uh, before, you know, 2009 and 10 when Mike Cameron, or 2009 when Mike Cameron was there, we would all pull our shirt tails out after we, after the game. Well, what everybody didn't realize was they thought it was just after a win and people, some people didn't really like it. Well, the thing they didn't realize we were doing it after a loss too. And it kind of started as a tribute to Cam would do it on his own for his dad because he said, man, I can remember my dad coming home with his work boots on and the first thing he'd do when he got out of the truck is he'd untuck his shirt tail you know, work days over. So that's kind of how that started. And then that kind of got under people's skin. And then I think we had a few people that probably enjoyed getting under people's skin. So we figured, well, how can we, you know, how can we get in there a little bit more? But, um, you know, it's funny because as much as there was going back and forth and it was, it was all, it was really, it was really cool looking back on it because we had as much as the antics or whatever, we had two really, really competitive, intense teams, and I think at some level respected each other. Um, and now being out of it, I've had an opportunity to be around and spend some time with some of the guys that played in St. Louis or are currently playing in St. Louis. And I mean, all really good dudes, except for Wainwright. I got, I've got to tell you a Wainwright story. <laughs> please, please. All right. So I met Wayno about five years ago and, uh, we ended up talking and realized that we actually kind of got along as best we could. And, um, so somehow or another, this we'd talk, you know, maybe once or twice a year. I was playing in Japan, and then I'd, I'd been done. So last year during the, I think it was while they were stuck in Milwaukee at the hotel. And if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't throwing the ball real well. And there's the story out there that he went back and watched a bunch of video mm-hmm. of himself in the past to get back to what he was doing. Well, it must have been during that time. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I get a text, and it's Wainwright. All, no words, nothing. He sends me a video of a 3-2 curveball he throws me, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I pinch hit, day game in Milwaukee. The shadows are terrible. He throws me a curveball. I swing and miss by 10 feet. I was having a bad year. Snap my, snap my bat over my leg, throw the bat down. So that's the video he sends me. No text, nothing. So I see this at 2 o'clock in the morning. I get up, and I, and I just got done coaching my daughter's softball team. Get up, walk to the bathroom. One of my dogs had used the bathroom on the rug in the living room. Barefoot, <laughs> I step in it. Okay? So you can imagine the level of anger that I'm, I'm dealing with at this point. Go get something to drink. Come back to bed. Wake up in the morning. I show my wife, and I sent, and I sent something back to Adam, like, dude, hey, real good, picking on the dude that's, you know, that's retired, you know, making me feel real good, coaching softball, stepping in dog poop in the middle of the night. 
my wife goes, well, just send him, send him a video. You going deep on him? <laughs> I looked at her. I was like, you, you and I both know it doesn't exist. There isn't one out there. So he left. He let it sit for like six months. Didn't respond or anything. And like six months later, he sends back something to the effect of like, hey, man, thanks for the confidence builder. Crickets. <laughs> Hadn't heard from him in another six months. My God. Have you heard from him since? Have you guys lethal. gone back and forth a little bit? Well, that's the thing is he just, he, he just, I mean, he just, he, he knows, he knows he got to me now. So he just, I'll send him something and he'll, it'll, he'll be like two months later. He'll respond and you just take another dig. So I'm, I'm looking for him. It's amazing. That's an outstanding story. Wow. I love it. And it, it's very, it's very yeah, way no that that, that is how it went. Uh, Casey, my final question for you, man, you mentioned you, there are some Cardinals that you like. And uh, my understanding is that Dunk, Chris Dunk and our buddy who previously yeah. was our teammate here on 101 ESPN, he's one of them. You guys, uh, from my understanding, played winter ball together down in Mexico. And man, I can only imagine huh. what some of the stories are that you have to tell about Dunk down in Mexico. Um, but if you have there, one that you can that tell, if you have one that you can tell or a couple that you can tell that are uh, suitable for radio, we'd love to hear them, man. I, I think I can. I think I can probably. I think I can probably clean them up enough to where <laughs> perfect to where they're good. So. We had, uh, so we both went down there. Neither one of us speaks a lick of Spanish. And uh, the first one, man, we found this place. We went out and we we're hanging out. My my fiance, or actually girlfriend at the time, wife now, is uh, she comes down to visit. So she comes out with us. So we can't be getting in too much trouble. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're we're just hanging out, having a couple of drinks. Well, Don goes to the bathroom. And he comes back, finishes his drink, and... We stayed there for a while longer. Well, by the end of the night, I'm like, dude, there's something, there's something's not right. So, get him back to the hotel. Next day, I call him. We're supposed to go to the field. Can't find him. Can't find him. Well, somebody, somebody slipped something in his drink. So, he's out of commission. Well, we had to be on the road the next day. We go up to Hermosillo. Well, he wakes up somehow or another. I talked him into after the game going to get something to drink or whatever. Well, apparently, whatever was in his drink had not either run its course or whatever he comes back to this hotel it's this little outdoor like bootleg hotel it's 100 degrees and he can't get into his room and he's he's furious now he's just he's had enough of mexico at the moment so he walks back a couple steps and kicks the door clear off the hinges (laughs) all right one fell swoop door goes clean off the hinges he walks in he walks into the wrong room. Our team, our catcher is laying there sleeping with his wife and two kids in the hotel room. With him. So Dunk immediately realizes what happened. He can't, they can't figure it out. So the guy grabs Duncan's key, goes to his room. When well, the process, they throw Duncan's or the, the mattress out in the parking lot. We wake up in the morning. It's like a hundred degrees and there's federales out there. Dunk's, sleeping right in front of his door in a hundred degree heat, just roasting. And uh, so that was, that was, that was one of my good dunk stories that I think I could clean up enough to (laughs) make the air. That's incredible. He was, I mean, just a good dude though. I mean, he was, I mean, really was he, um, he, he, I mean, people don't remember. I mean, he could, he could flat out hit before Mm -hmm. he had his, you know, his hip stuff and, uh, you know, big old six, four hulking lefty had some big power, you know, 
probably had more tobacco in his mouth than any human being <laughs> could ever get in their mouth while he was hitting. And um, but just a great dude. Never really seemed to have a bad day. You know, was good mood, fun to be around. So, you know, he's he's definitely missed. He's one of the best, man. He was great. We loved him here at 101, and certainly Cardinals fans absolutely enjoyed the heck out of watching him and seeing him win that World Series back in 2006. Hey, Casey, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this with us today. We sincerely appreciate it. We'll we'll definitely catch up with you again soon, my man. Definitely. Yeah, actually, yeah, because next time I got, I've got the knocking story. I should have told the the time he tried to give me the tracheotomy. So (laughs) next time we'll go over. I'll tell you that one. That's a tease. I love it. Next time, and I want to get an update on what's going on with you and Wayno. We'll we'll get an update on that as well. If you guys, if you guys happen to like go to the park, see him, or know anybody going down to the yard, you tell tell him I'm looking for him. <laughs> we got you. That's Casey McGee, former Brewers infielder here on 101 ESPN. Thanks again, Case. All right, y'all be good. Thanks, Absolutely. Casey. Same to you. That's Casey McGee joining us here on 101 ESPN. We need to clip that and give that to Carriker and Smallman when they have Wayno on. Perfect. So that they can play that for Wayno and get his response. And then when we get Casey on, then we're going to have that for him the next time around. We'll continue this food on 101 ESPN. We are going to ongoing battle between these two. And then at some point on BK and Ferrario, we will get Casey and Wayno on at the same time. And just we'll, we'll hash this out together. Casey McGee is now our Brewers insider, yes. so he will join us throughout the Brewers season. Yes. Anytime that the Cardinals and Brewers meet, first game and we'll of the just series. keep this thing going. We need they, to. They've got Wayno on weekly, so anytime that we we can get him right before oh Wayno comes on, and we'll make sure to continue That's this awesome. going. Hey, join us Wednesday afternoon, June sixteenth, for Dunctionary Day on the Bud Deck at the Budweiser Brew House in Ballpark Village. Cards are cards are hosting the Marlins that day. It's a twelve fifteen pitch. You got a little afternoon. You can play afternoon hooky with us. Join us on the Bud Deck. Enjoy the game with views looking right into Bush Stadium. Tickets include a hot dog, a beer, and a Dunctionary t-shirt. What more could you ask for with a portion of every ticket purchased being donated to the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund? Plus, what more could you ask for? Well, how about this? BK and Ferrario will be out there broadcasting live that day. I think we're even putting in a bit of a protest to get Tanner out there. We're getting T-Bone out there for I some free so. hot dogs? It's oh in play. My gosh. Oh, my God. That's from Beer 11 to 2. Dogs. The fast lane will be out there from 2 to 6. It's all Dunctionary Day. Tickets are available. Check out the full details at 101ESPN.com. All right. We went way long there with Casey and McGee. that's okay. So coming up next, <laughs> the Cardinals starting rotation is what led to this turnaround. We'll get some of the details on 101 ESPN.